Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Volume. All I want for the holidays this year is some NBA action. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks. An instant dub just for you. Now, the games this holiday season that I'm locked in on feature the Boston Celtics. The Celtics in LA, massive games against the Clippers, who are white hot right now. Massive Christmas Day game against the Lakers, which is always good. So many good bets to make in that game. So many prop bets. So many point totals. So much to look at in the Celtics two games in Los Angeles over the weekend. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code MANIX. New customers can get 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on basketball. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code MANIX. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. And we are back. Boxing with Chris Mannix, part of the Volume Sports Podcast Network. I want to welcome in all our subscribers and shout out to the subscribers that I met in Arizona this past week at the Bam Rodriguez Sonny Edwards fight. Met about a half a dozen of you, took some pictures, appreciated you guys saying you were listeners to the podcast, subscribers to the podcast. That was really great to see all of you out there in Arizona uh, this past week. Um, so, Here's what we're going to do this week. We're going to have a short episode 
today because as we record this on Wednesday evening, I am packing my bags and headed to Saudi Arabia. Yes, I will be ringside for the Day of Reckoning, the Anthony Joshua Ottawaline headline show that features Deontay Wilder, Dimitri Bivolt, Jarrell Miller. It is an all-star card that is going to be available Saturday on DAZN pay-per-view. So I'm headed out there and I am going to bring you a podcast from Riyadh. I'm not sure yet who I'm going to talk to out there, but I'm sure there'll be plenty of people to catch up with, and we'll do a second episode this week. On this week's show, I do catch up with Otto Wallin, who is taking on Anthony Joshua. I happen to think that Otto is a very live dog in this fight. He's someone that's only lost once to Tyson Fury, and it was a reasonably competitive fight several years ago. He has been active since then. This is going to be his third fight in 2023, just coming off a big win over Murat Gassiev. He's a southpaw. Anthony Joshua has a new trainer, a short training camp. There's a lot of things conspiring to make me believe Otto Wallin has has a chance in this fight. So Otto's going to join me a little bit later in the show. At the top of the show, I do want to weigh in on what we saw last weekend between Bam Rodriguez and Sonny Edwards. And that performance by Bam, stopping Sonny after the ninth round, his trainer throwing in the towel after the ninth That was the finest performance of Bam Rodriguez's career. And that's saying something because over the last couple of years, we had Bam Rodriguez jump up in weight to face Carlos Quadras on short notice, knocked him down, beat him by decision. He knocked out Sri Sakatsur Rungvisai, stopping a legend, a power puncher at 115, drops back down to 112, gets a title in his last fight. And then in his second fight, At 112 pounds, he knocks out Sonny Edwards, who was definitively the number one guy in the flyweight division. So this was a masterclass by Bam Rodriguez. He figured out Sonny in the early rounds and then beat him down in the later ones. A straight left hand from Bam in that ninth put Sonny on the canvas. And after that, Sonny's corner had enough. So this was the type of performance that solidifies, at least on my list, which won't come out until... January, but solidifies Bam as a top 10 pound for pound guy. He's legit. He is now a unified champion at 112, a two division world champion, 23 years old, and he's one of the best young fighters in the entire sport. So what a performance by Bam Rodriguez. I want to give Sonny Edwards some credit. Sonny made this an entertaining fight. Now, I'm still a little perplexed about why Sonny fought the way he did. Uh, Like most people, I came into this fight thinking we would see Sonny use the entirety of that 20 by 20 foot ring. We've seen him do it many times before, in many fights before. It's how he has success. It's how he builds leads. Uh, We didn't see that. Sonny was more stationary than we've seen in years past or in fights past. He was more willing to trade than really we've ever seen before. Now, Sonny's explanation afterwards was that Bam's lead left hand and his footwork were too good for him to fight that way. Okay, look, smart fighter, smart corner. That's what they believed. But the second I saw Sonny trading with Bam, or at least indicating they'd be willing to, that was it. I knew it was over. I wasn't sure when it was going to end or how it was going to end. But that type of fight, Sonny Edwards does not have a chance to win. So good on him for making it a really fun fight to watch. But I thought he had the wrong strategy. 
in that fight. I would have moved more. I would have tried to use my legs. I would have tried to use my quickness, get inside, get out, all the things we've seen him do in previous fights. Instead, he walked into a firefight with Bam Rodriguez, and uh, yeah, he didn't win it. So uh, we'll see what's next for Sonny Edwards. He can still go back and fight for a title maybe as soon as his next fight, two fights. A lot of options for him at, at 112 pounds. But I'm more interested in talking about what's next for Bam Rodriguez. Bam wants to fight Juan Francisco Estrada in his next fight. And I'd love to see that. Juan Francisco Estrada right now has the WBC 115-pound title. That's the same title that Bam vacated to drop down to 112 pounds. So Bam sees some symmetry there, moving up, fighting Estrada, beating another legend, getting his old belt back, and establishing himself once again as the top guy uh, at 115. So I like that fight. I've read some reports that Estrada likes that fight. Maybe he wants a tune-up fight first. He's going to be off all of 2023, so I kind of understand that. But he was ringside, or at least in the arena, last Saturday to watch Bam. He wants the fight. I'd love to see it. But the bigger fight I want to see Bam Rodriguez in is against the monster. Naoya Inouye, the 122-pound unified champion, the guy who is probably, come December 27th, going to be the undisputed champion at 122 pounds. Uh, that's the biggest fight you can make in the smaller weight classes. Now, people have pushed back on some of my commentary on that. People have said, oh, no, you're asking Bam to jump up, what is it, 10 pounds to fight Inouye at 122 Bam's 23, Inouye's 30, he's not ready. You're asking Bam to be like a lamb led to slaughter. Maybe there's some truth to some of that. But I want to remind you of a couple of things. One, Inouye is a full-fledged 122-pounder. But he also began his career in the same place Bam Rodriguez did, at 108 pounds. In 2014, Noya Inouye was the 108-pound champion. So... Over the last nine plus years, he has worked his way up to 122 and is now a pound for pound dominant force in that weight class. I don't think Marlon Tapalas has any shot against him on December 26th. Any shot whatsoever. Hope he's getting paid. Hope Sean Gibbons got him paid because Marlon Tapalas to me is you know, metaphorical dead man walking in that fight. So there's that. In a way, is a smaller fighter originally who came up in weight. Bam Rodriguez is a smaller guy right now. But when I talked to people in Bam's camp, they had said for weeks before this unification fight that this was the last fight at 112. It was really hard for Bam to make 112 pounds. You, you knew that just by watching him during fight week. The press conference on the Thursday before the fight, Bam looked completely dried out. To his credit, he made the weight, came in about 0.4 underneath the 112-pound limit, but you knew it took a lot for him to get there. But one of the things people in his camp were telling me was that, yeah, it's like a lot for him to cut to 112. It's going to take a lot for him to cut to 115. This guy that kind of blows up in between fights. Uh, so getting to 115 is going to be a challenge. It, it might be a one and done, regardless of what happens within a way at 115. You might see him fight Juan Francisco Estrada and then decide to move up to 118 pounds and try to become a three division world champ because really what's left for him at 115 if he uh beats Estrada you know he's not going to fight Chocolatito sorry everybody like they're you know promotional stablemates over with Tekken in Japan 
Uh, they're good friends. They're not going to fight each other. It's not going to happen. So if Chocolatito's off the table, what's out there? He already beat Quadras, who's got an interim title. So Rung Vasai isn't fighting anymore. Like, just the, the talent pool at 115 is not that deep beyond Chocolatito and Estrada. So if he beats Estrada, I can see him going up to 118 before the end of next year. So then all of a sudden, you're talking about Bam fighting at 118, in a way potentially defending his title at 122. You're only four pounds apart. It's not that much. Now, I'm still willing to acknowledge it's a big jump. In a way, is at worst number two pound for pound. Again, the violence he is going to impose on Marlon DePaulis will make the violence we saw against Stephen Fulton look tame. That's how bad I think that fight's going to go. But Bam is really good. He's got a 67-inch reach, and he uses that jab and that lead left expertly. He has got some of the best footwork in all of boxing. I would make Inouye the favorite. In fact, I might even make him a heavy favorite. But if Bam in, say, September of next year is a champion at 118, and Inouye is still fighting at 122, there's always the possibility Inouye could move up to 126, though... I don't know what the big fight up there is for him at the moment. The titles are still fractured. And, you know, with Ramirez losing, I'm not sure exactly what the the interest is going to be in moving up to 126, at least not right away. A Bam Rodriguez fight is a huge money fight. It would be huge over in Japan, where Inoue makes a ton of money. It would be huge in the U.S., maybe Vegas, you know, where Bam and Inoue could... Bring some U.S. fans to an event like that. Maybe Vegas want to pony up some cash to bring a fight of that magnitude uh, to a place like the MGM Grand or Mandalay Bay or someplace like that. It, it just It's a big event. It's a big fight. And I think Bam wa- wants all these types of fights. Like, Bam, he's not in this game for a long time. I'm telling you. He's not going to be one of these fighters that you see fighting at 33, 34 years old. He's just not going to be that guy. He's not going to be Estrada. He's not going to be Chocolatito. He's not going to be Quadras. He's not going to be Sorungvisai. I don't know if he's going to get out quite as quickly as his brother did, but that's not a bad you know, blueprint to look at for how you know the Rodriguez-Franco family kind of treats boxing. Uh, they're in it. They want to win. They want to succeed. They want to be in big fights. Then they want to get out. Bam's having a kid in April. Like there's a life outside of boxing. I think he wants to live, you know, years from now. So if that opportunity is on the table, I do think Bam would go for it. And in a way who doesn't duck any smoke would go for it as well, because that's such a big fight. So dismiss it all you want, but this time next year, December 20th, 2024, I think, think we'll be talking about Bam Rodriguez versus in a way either already scheduled or being likely to be scheduled in the first quarter of 2025. And believe me, that is going to be a monster fight. All right. Ottawa Lean is going to join me next. He is uh, facing Anthony Joshua this Saturday at the Day of Reckoning in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. A reminder, I will be back later in the week with a guest from Riyadh. We're going to talk about all the big fights there. AJ, Ottawa Lean, you've got... Deontay Wilder, Joseph Parker. I'm looking at the list of fights right now. It is a ridiculous list. It's like eight fights on here that are really good, all live on DAZN pay-per-view. So check it out. We'll be back next week. Right now, here's my interview with Otto Wallen. 
eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now, I'm supposed to talk here about what I remember and what I loved about my first car. And that's easy for me to do because I still have my first car. And as long as it keeps running, and so far so good, I intend to have that car probably until the day I die. Uh, That's how much I love that car. It is like a child to me. Now, it does require some upkeep, and that's why I'm grateful for a place like eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. All right, Otto Wallen is a heavyweight contender on December 23rd. He will get the opportunity he has been calling for for years now when he takes on Anthony Joshua. That's a fight. You can watch in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, live on DAZN pay-per-view. And Otto, you have been, you know, really ever since that loss to Tyson Fury a few years ago, you have been clamoring for this type of fight. How are you feeling now that it's kind of finally here? Feels great. Feels great. I mean, this is something I've been working for for a really long time. I had a fight with Fury and then been tough getting real fights. So I'm, I'm just really happy I got this one. I beat Gassiev in September to set this up. So I'm really, really happy and excited about this. Why do you think it's been so tough for you to get <clears throat> this kind of fight? Uh, I think some people will see me as high risk, low reward. And then also just the boxing businesses uh, can be a hard business to navigate sometimes. And, and I think there's probably a few different reasons, but I'm happy that we're here now. I've been training all this time, all these years, so it's finally here. Were you surprised that Anthony Joshua took this fight? I was a little surprised because it's kind of a short-notice fight. He's fighting a southpaw again. He's got a new trainer again. And so I was I was a little bit surprised. I was surprised about that. Obviously, he's coming off two wins. Before that, he had two losses against Usyk which is also a southpaw, extremely good fighter. But I think what made him take his fight is probably that I have the number two spot with the IBF. And that title might become vacant. And if I would have just waited, I could have fought 
Ergovic for that title, probably. But when this when this opportunity came, we just felt like it was too good to turn down. Yeah, how, how tough a decision was that for you? Because you know you are highly ranked in those IBF rankings, and the IBF is one <clears> of those organizations where you know they will give guys opportunities. They're not going to make you wait forever for those type of shots. It could be a vacant belt as early as the summer of next year. How 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 tough a decision was it for you to put that on the shelf for now? Well, we had some discussions about it. It, it wasn't easy, but we just felt like. You know, I beat Joshua, then I should be in line to fight for any title. So that's really what we took from it. And we felt like this is a really good opportunity. The timing is really good. So I think, you know, I think this was the most logical decision to take this fight. You did have to take that Eddie Hearn, Anthony Joshua rematch clause, right? To get this fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a rematch clause in there. And I've seen Eddie Hearn. He was he was digging into me in one of the interviews. I saw a clip on Instagram. Had me fired up a little bit because uh, I was talking about the rematch, obviously. But the first person to bring it up was maybe the reporter or him. But I hadn't said anything about it. But obviously, there's a rematch clause. And, I mean, if you ask me, I think it's silly. Why would there be a rematch? You know, he's not the champion anymore. So I just feel like... There shouldn't be a rematch. But obviously, you know, I know how boxing works. And if we wouldn't have taken it, I probably wouldn't have gotten the fight. So, you know, I want the fight. I don't like the rematch, but it's just an unnecessary evil, I guess. But Eddie, he, he did not like it at all when I said I didn't like that rematch. You've been in camp with Anthony Joshua a lot over your career. How many rounds would you say you've sparred with him? I was there in 2016 before he fought Charles Martin. And I was there for seven weeks. And he did a lot of sparring. So we 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 did at least 150 rounds, I would say. I wow. tried to I tried to do the numbers to, um after that. I remember I was talking to my dad at the time and yeah, it was just uh at least 150 rounds. You know, he was one kind of fighter when you were training and sparring with him before that Charles Martin fight. Really since the Andy Ruiz fight in 2019, he has looked in the ring like a different kind of fighter. Do you see a different fighter over the last few years than the guy you were in training camp and sparring with? I I agree. I agree. I think that when he first started off, you know, he, he became Olympic champion very quick. He was knocking people out when he first turned pro. I mean, knocking everybody out, knock kicks go out. So I think that he kind of, when he first started, he didn't know much better. He didn't know better. He He was just knocking everybody out. He didn't care so much. And then he had that loss with Reese and knocked out Klitschko also. So I feel like now he knows that he's vulnerable. And that's a big problem for him because now, uh, now he knows better, right? So he knows that he can't just rush in because he might get clipped and get hurt and, and lose again. So I think that's been hard for him to understand that, you know, he's not invincible and he can get hurt, he can get dropped and he can get stopped and he can lose again. So I think that's what what plays with his mind a lot. Is that something you think you can take advantage of? Yeah, definitely. I think that he doesn't like to get hit. He wants to look good. He he really needs to look good in this fight. And when things are not going to go his way, there's going to be a lot of pressure on his shoulders to step it up. But he just, I feel like he's just going to make it harder for him. You've got, uh, you're a southpaw. <clears throat> uh, 
you see what Usyk was able to do to him with two fights. You're different kind of fighters, of course, but when you watch how Usyk had success, are there things that you can pick up on that maybe you can do to have success in this fight? I think so. Me and Usyk, we're obviously different fighters, but I'm bigger than Usyk. I'm also a southpaw. I'm a, I'm a tricky fighter, and I feel like I'm I feel like I'm a lot better now than when I fought Fury. Yes, because of the fact that I'm you have much more experience. I came out of the blue really when I fought him and I had never been on that level before. But now I've been up there with Fury 12 rounds. I got a uh, few good wins after that. Uh I think a couple of 12 rounders. I had 12 rounds just in September against Gassiev. So I think I'm a much better fighter now, more experienced. I know how to fight 12 rounds. So I think that I'm in a much better place now than when I fought Fury. But also, you know, you know, I look at Usyk. I think that he did a really good job. I look at Andy Reese. He did a really good job in that first fight. And if he would have just shown up in shape the second time, I think he could have won again. No, that's definitely true. He was not in ideal shape for that rematch with uh, with Anthony Joshua. Um, you, you know, this card was put together about as fast as any big card has ever been put together. When you got the call for it, I think about November 6th, made a deal a couple of days later. Has it been challenging to prepare for this fight? Because yes, you were you know, just active in September against Murat Gassiev, but Gassiev obviously different in size and skill than Anthony Joshua. How has it been preparing for this specific opponent? I, I would say I was a little bit worried because it was kind of short notice, but I came out of that fight, I had a week off, then I was back in the gym. And then, you know, I think it was seven weeks out, we got this call. And so I was, I can say I was a little bit worried, I was short amount of time, but I just felt like it's the same for him. But then now, training, training has been going really well. I got very good sparring, very good, uh, very good uh, strength conditioning. I've actually beaten my records in, in, my, um, in my cardio training, so I'm really happy about that. I'm not just saying that. It's actually true, and I think that it all. I think it all relates to that. I just was in great shape in September, and everything has just happened so quick now. Not just that, but also the motivation. I think. I think that with a fight like this, it's just so much easier to push a little bit harder, and that's what I've been doing, and it's been working out really good. You've got a great boxing mind in your corner in Joey Gamash. What has he meant to you, and and kind of what and how your career has gone? Well, I met Joey. After I had two fights, I went to Germany when I first turned pro. I signed with Saula and went to Germany. I had two fights there. Then I asked them to come to Denmark. So I met Joey over in Denmark, and that was uh, in 2013, uh, late 2013. So I met Joey, and we've been together since. I mean, I can't really explain how much he's meant to my career. He's been with me for almost all my fights and I mean he's a really good boxing guy he, he's very experienced he he I mean he's been vital for my career and without him I wouldn't be here mm. so so that's that's really good we trust each other I trust him he trusts me he knows what I can do he knows what I gotta work on and so I know when he calls something out in the corner I know that I can do it and I know how to do it because he's taught me yeah he, you know my my experience following guys that Joey's worked with. He just, the game plans are always really good. And I, I go back to Teofimo Lopez 
you know, against Vasily Lomachenko. Joey was involved in that fight. Like, he, what is it about his strategies and his game plans that have worked for you, <clears throat> that have made you so successful? I would say that Joey is a guy, he wants it to be all around. He's not a guy that just try to work one style fits all. So he he looks at guys and he sees, you know, what you're good at, what you're not so good at, what you need to work on. And then we take that into the fights. And every game plan, I feel, is different. Some guys, you need to be aggressive. Sometimes you need to box. And I just feel like Joey, with his experience, he's uh, he's a very smart guy in that sense. And we always come up with good game plans. And Joey, over the years, we always work to be all round. And so, like I said, when he called something out in the corner, I know right away how to do it because we've been working on it for so long. Your journey in boxing is has been really interesting to me for a long time now, in part because when you started boxing, was boxing even legal in Sweden when you started boxing? No, boxing was forbidden in Sweden. No, pro professional boxing was forbidden in Sweden when I started. I think this was in 2006 I started. Professional boxing was forbidden, so I just, I just went to the boxing gym. My dad uh, was a boxer and he was a trainer a little bit. And my brother was also a boxer. So then when I went there, I just fell in love with it. I just uh, I just felt like it was for me. And uh, it was just a really good feeling to have at that age because I was only 15 <clears throat> and I just started high school. So yeah, ever since then, I just wanted to box. You know, boxing is a global sport, but did the fact that it wasn't allowed on the professional level in Sweden – make it more difficult for you to kind of get into it? No, it didn't. It didn't. Because at first, when I started, I didn't think about becoming a professional, <laughs> I think. But I felt like I could be something I could make, you know, I could be a good fighter and and I had really good support. So, uh, yeah, then I guess the years went on and, I was winning fights. I made it to the national team. I was traveling around. And then all of a sudden, one night, I got a call from Sauland. They wanted to uh, wanted me to become professional. I didn't feel ready, actually. So I said, I said no a few times. They kept calling me. I said no. And then there was a time when I felt like, okay, uh, how am I going to become as good as I can be? How am I going to fulfill, fulfill my potential? And that's when I felt like, okay, maybe I should become professional because I don't, I'm not gonna have to work on the side, and I'm gonna get better training, better sparring. <clears throat> so then it felt like the right move. So then I was just waiting for them to call again. It actually took maybe five, six months because I had said no uh, two, three times, I think. And then they <laughs> called me again, and I said, yes, I'm ready now. <laughs> so you've got a massive opportunity on December 23rd uh, against AJ. Um, but you're a smart guy. You you know the storyline here. It's Anthony Joshua fighting, Deontay Wilder fighting. The plan is if if they get wins, they're going to fight each other. It's kind of a similar situation you were in before you fought Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury was going to fight Deontay Wilder in a rematch after he uh, he beat you. How does that uh, how does that change how you approach this fight? Do you go into this fight thinking, look, I got to win like nine of these 12 rounds clean for these judges to give me a decision on the scorecard? How, what's your mindset coming in? 
Well, I don't think too much about that. I think that's. I think it's a good thing for me that people are talking about that fight because, you know, if he can if he can stay distracted and he knows that he has to look really good in this fight to set that fight up, and um, I think that just adds more pressure for him. So I'm just I'm just gonna go in there, have fun. I don't have a lot of pressure. I'm gonna give and go in and give it my absolute all and just do whatever it takes to win. And, uh, and so I just I, I think it's a good thing, honestly. Yeah, one thing I, I one reason to like your chances in this fight, besides the fact that you're a skilled guy, a big guy, <laughs> southpaw, like you've been able to stay active. Like I, I mean, God, you've been chasing big fights for so long, but you haven't waited around for those fights. This will be your third fight in 2023, 2022. You had a couple of fights. Like you have been able to to kind of stay out there and keep your career moving. How important has that been for you um, as you prepare for this fight? Well, it's, I think it's very important to stay active. I would have liked to have bigger fights, of course, but um, coming off of this win in Garcia in September, late September, so it's almost like not even three months, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's just great. I have great momentum now. And uh, it's, of course, very important to be active. He's also This is also his third fight of the year, but I think it's just uh, good for me, good momentum, good everything, I think. You've sparred with AJ. Do you believe you have the power to stop AJ? I think so. I mean, I heard Fury. I heard Gassiev. Why couldn't I hurt him? Well, it should be a great night. December 23rd, Day of Reckoning in Saudi Arabia live on DAZN pay-per-view. Otto, glad you're getting this opportunity, man. And uh, good luck to you on the 23rd. Thank you very much. That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Otto Ballin for joining the show. As always, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. And I will see you later in the week where maybe I'll be able to track down Sergio Mora. Manix, I'm a man on the run and I'm not doing your fucking podcast. We're not doing it, bro. I'm a man on the run. On the run. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.